Tira, how about we get a testimony from you? Mr. B, can you just share an experience of encounter that you had with God that would bless us? I remember one that you said one time you were driving up here toward the mountain. Remember that? I'll share that, yeah. Is there anything maybe just on your heart that may not be referring to, but it's just kind of us? Something that would just encourage us to continue walking. I'll, I'll share that. Down. It's a while ago, but I'll share it because it's important because people that come to church, maybe, maybe you don't know that other people that come to church and might be sitting next to you might not be completely positively sure that they actually believe in God, right? So I went through Teen Challenge. I was a bad boy. I got to be a good boy, you know, kind of thing, the story, right? I was working at the program. I was a Christian. I believed in God. I was coming to this church. I was deacon of this church probably in between times and so forth. But there was this time about two, the year 2000 where I just went through this, like, is everything I'm banking on, like I'm banking that Jesus is God, and I'm banking on God is God, and who I understand that to be is true, you know, not Allah or something else, and I wasn't really messed up in other religions, but I was just like, is this really, really worth it, and is this really what I should, this is what my whole life is based on, and it has been for the last, you know, 15 years at that time, or it's been a long time, like 15 years or so since I've been saved. And so I read, like, the books you're supposed to read, like um, Evidence, I can't think of it, Evidence that Something a Verdict, um, uh, Josh McDowell books, and uh, the guy that wrote the, um, he was a reporter, uh, Case for Christ. So all these books that are out there that sort of build upon, yeah, if, you, if you're having struggle, if you, you don't believe in God, this will kind of help you along. I read them all. Okay, I believed it all. I already knew. I probably knew what they said. Um, so I can't explain this. And this is like six or seven months. And we were living in Allentown, and I drive here on a Thursday night for worship team practice. And, uh, and this one Thursday, uh, I was coming from the exit where the uh, X sign is. We won't refer to the other thing there. And uh, I came down the road, Midway Diner. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And uh, came down. And came to the stop sign there where you have to turn left to come to the church. And the little Tri-County sign was sitting there. We used to have, is it, I don't know if it's still there. And I stopped at the stop sign, which is unusual. Can I see a hand, Noreen Baker? It's usually a pause, a, a pregnant pause at the stop sign. So anyway, all right. So I stopped there in the mountains. I think it was the summertime, the mountain was there, the Appalachian Mountain was over there, and it just dropped in my heart like nothing I could explain. I am God. It's almost like that New Testament thing, like I am God and Jesus is my son and this is real. Nothing could explain that. It's not a, I don't say that there's a voice of God at that point, but it was just this knowing like, okay, the search is done, I'm okay. So that was after 15, or 15 years of being saved, doing all the things you're supposed to be doing as a Christian, I just had that time. So if that's happening for you, or if you're in the middle of that, or if you have somebody that's, don't, uh, don't shy away from it. I, I believe it's important for you to know you, that you believe it. You know what I mean? 
you can't just believe it because Pastor Ted is really loud up here and, and keeps you awake. Um, you got to know it for yourself. You got to know it for, and if you know of a friend, don't just pass it off and, and say, well, you should figure this out by now. It takes time. It took me, I think, it's six or eight months, and it was not a happy time for me. It was, it was quiet uh, in my life. That's my story. Ken, just before Ken goes through, that was powerful, Ken. Two or three other people just real thankful God's done something yet. Louis, something that God's done in your life. Louis Otero. Something. Go ahead. Maybe you can, Louis, maybe you can share your testimony, how God changed you. Or God bless you, everyone, and good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> um, I've, been, um, I've been saved for many, many years, and I, I, I can relate to the testimony that Mr. B um, just uh, gave us as a son of a pastor, myself, and um, uh, preacher for many years as well. Um, there comes that time where you have to serve the God, um, your God, not the God of your parents, not the God of uh, uh, the gospel that you have heard for so many years. Uh, there comes a time that you got to serve God, the God that came to you. This is a personal thing, right? So you have to understand uh, that God that saved you. Um, and that comes many ways, um, like the testimony we just heard, or my own testimony, which is a little more um, dramatic. Um, uh, and, um, but I'm not going to give it this morning, Pastor Ted. But I just want to let you know that um, God is real. And uh, if there's anyone here doubting that, uh, open your heart because God is real. Dios es real. Um, and um, it doesn't matter what situation you're going through this morning, I, um, I believe that we are here for a purpose, and um, I don't know if this was scripted or not, but obviously uh, the Holy Spirit is moving in this place, and I'm sure it's because there's a special need. Amen. How did he make it real in your life, Luis? In my life, uh, through many situations, obviously I was, um, like I said, a, a son of a pastor, preaching in church for a long time, but like Mr. B here, I was, uh, there comes a time where I was lost inside of the church. And how many of you know that there's many people that might be lost inside of the church? And that's why we need services like today where nothing is scripted and you come here and the Holy Spirit have a different plan. And, um, and in my life, obviously I looked for it in, in, in the uh, dramatic arts. I, I became an actor, a stage actor. After that, I became uh, leaders of uh, different things. I have my own theater company and just, just running away from God. Uh, and the time came where I lost everything. I lost my beautiful wife. I lost my, my sons. I lost everything. And um, that morning, uh, I remember um, that I had a choice. I had a choice to either um, believe and humble myself and do what God has been calling me to do uh, or continue down the path that I was choosing at that point. And uh, thankfully, uh, the Holy Spirit was there loud and clear, um, and he restored my life. It restored my life. Uh, uh, I couldn't believe that being a preacher and being a son of a pastor, the thought of taking my life was coming through my head. Because I've been in church for so long, I knew it was a sin. But yet, the voice of the enemy was there, very, very real. Uh, if we believe in God, we have to believe on the other side too, right? It's a battle. We know that, right? And here you had a man of God almost close to taking his own life. 
because the enemy have taken everything away from me just because of my disobedience. But when I decided to say, okay, Lord, I'm yours, I surrender, I believe, I believe. It came to him through a beautiful scenery, you know, uh, it came to me on a lo lonely afternoon when I have lost everything that I had. Uh, so I don't know what you're waiting for. I don't know if you're going to do like Mr. B, which is going to take it easy and God is going to reveal himself in a nice way. Or if you're going to take my route where I had to lose everything and be close to own, taking my own life. Um, uh, I don't know what you're going to choose to do. But I want to tell you this morning that God is real. Hallelujah. God is real. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. I was just thinking as you're sharing that, Luis. The Bible says the thief comes but to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And the word of the Lord said in the book of Deuteronomy, choose life that you may live. The Lord said, I set before you life and death. Choose life that you may live. And you chose life, and you got everything back. Boy, God's so kind to us. Suzanne, you want to share maybe a quick testimony of maybe something God did in your life? It's just, you know, just something to be thankful for. Suzanne? Well, I appreciated what Ken and Louise have said about being lost in the church. And I didn't become a Christian until I was 17, but I can tell you three distinct times, maybe there were more, that I had that feeling. One was when I first started coming to church back in New Jersey in 1972. And um, I had heard the gospel for the first time. I was amazed. I thought, why doesn't this get out? This is good news. And I was really excited about it. However, at one, after just a couple times at church, I had this feeling I was sitting on a fence. It was so distinct. And it was like, in my head, God said, either you choose or you're going to fall back. You're not even going to have to choose to go back. You're just going to fall back. And I remember like, oh, God, no, 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 I want to choose. I'm all in. And about three months later, I had an experience like that. I didn't have to wait 15 years. <laughs> but three months later, after a disappointment with my, my ex-boyfriend person, <laughs> who was a, well, also named Ted, but a different last name. Um, and I was so like, he's going to get saved. And then he didn't get saved. And I was God. oh, God, my plans are all destroyed. And I remember going to sleep that night thinking, I can't even pray. How, do, how can I even believe? How can I have faith anymore? And I remember this distinctly, distinctly. God seriously put his hands on my shoulders and then into my spirit spoke, Suzanne, I love you. I have a plan for you. Just like that. Three months in, and I knew there would be no turning back no matter what from that moment on it was such a turning point and then in 2010 just nine years ago when my mother died there was a there's a loss in this world we start losing things from the moment that we are born do you remember when your mother took your bottle away from you and you had to sip from a cup for crying out loud? There are serious losses in life. <laughs> and, then, and then my mother passed away. And I'm telling you, it hit me so hard. My father had died unbeknownst to us some years prior because he was not in, 
in my life anymore. And when we found out, I never grieved. So when my mother died and I had this, this loss, this loss, and my loss actually reached into almost feeling, and it was a feeling lost from God. And I knew I wasn't going back. There was nothing to go back to, my goodness. But I, I couldn't get close. I couldn't hear him anymore. It was so lonely with God. And as much as I tried, as much as I read and prayed and came to church, I just waited. I said, God, I'm going to wait because I know you haven't moved away from me. But the circumstances of this loss have caused a hole or a gap or something that I need, I need to, to step over. And, and I think I grieved. And one day I felt the Holy Spirit say, you're grieving not only for your mother, you're grieving for your father, you're grieving for abuse that you experienced as a child that you never grieved for, you're grieving a lot of things. Like, just be patient with yourself. It's going to come back. It's going to come back. And I can't say that one day it came back. It's been nine years that the Lord has held me in his hand and walked me faithfully, faithfully through that time. So, like, you know, we're here this morning and we're talking about sometimes the person next to you may feel that. You don't know what in the world they're going through. You don't know where they are or what their, where their heart is. I'm going to say right now, if there's somebody near you, Chaz, you're going to have to move. But if there's get near somebody, I want you to find somebody and I want you to put your arm around them and I want you to say, hey, it's okay. Whatever it is, right now, I want you to do that right now. Hey, it's okay, whatever it is, whatever it is, and I don't know, I don't have to know. Chaz, I'm telling you, you've got to find somebody. There you go. Oh, Carrie, thank you. Whatever it is, whatever it is. Whatever it is, whatever road, whatever path, whatever place you're in, whatever it is, it's going to be okay. And we're going to make it, and we're going to follow him, and he's going to go before us, and he's going to come behind us. He's going to hedge us in. Jesus loves us. That's what got Ken Baker through. That's what got you through. Not that we loved him, but that he loved me. That he found me in a heap, in a mess, and he picked me up, and he held on to me, and he loved me. And I'm going to tell you a secret, and maybe you find it true, and maybe you don't. It is sometimes for me a longer harder place to stay close as I go on in years. As compared to the thrill of the new salvation, the thrill of finding God for the first time and all the changes and all the things that as time goes on, 
sometimes you say, well, I don't feel really feel God today. Let me tell you, if you get to that place, seek for him like you've never sought for him before. Because I'll tell you, you don't stop loving Jesus in a moment. You don't move away from God where today you loved him with all your heart and, and tomorrow you don't. You fall away in pieces. If you ever sense that, where is he? Why don't I feel him? Why don't I hear him? Where's God? You need a Ken moment. You need a Luis moment. You need my moment. And you've probably, if you've been Christian for very long, already had those moments. But don't think that you don't need it again. You need it again and again. That relationship with him has to be as fresh as the day you found him. As the day you found him. And if you need that, maybe today, maybe this morning. I don't know where Ted's going with his sermon, and I'm going back to the kids. I don't know. There's not that many kids. But you know what? Let today be that day, or tomorrow, and the next day. And just love him with all your heart, with all your mind with all your soul, and let him pour into you. Like, I say this. And like this, you look like a funnel. You look like a funnel to God. And when you raise, every time you raise your hand, you're saying, Jesus, all I want to be is a funnel. All I want to be is open to that spirit filling me, filling my soul, so that I can be yours 100%. Anyway, that was just my short, my short, my short. Thinking as Suzanne was sharing that, the Bible says in the book of Revelation, I have something against you, fill in the scripture, you have lost your first love. And sometimes we have to keep our heart near the heart of God because he's life. The rest is death. And so if you find that challenge there, draw near to him. That's life. Life is found in him. Incidentally, what my wife didn't share, she had been to church about two times in the 17 years before she shared the gospel. He had used to maybe sometimes take her to major services at the Methodist church, but she wasn't even raised. That kind of came out of just of an unbelieving home. But the wonderful thing that God comes, God comes to, to seek and save that which is lost. I'm glad he's that kind of a God, aren't you? Miss Corinne? Red. As everyone was sharing this morning, I just felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to share uh, really quick my story. Maybe you don't know tons of it. Um, youth kids, you all have heard it a million times. Um, but we're going to put up Isaiah 58 starting in 11, but not quite yet. Um, I grew up in this church, Tri-County Worship Center, with the world at heart. That's, that's our slogan. Um, and uh, grew up, my parents put me on the stage to sing starting at three years old. Some of you were here for that. It's pretty crazy. Um, I remember one time sitting on the edge of the stage at the Bethel School and seeing Mr. Hole for some reason. I don't know why. I remember. And I also remember you talking about acres, but I thought they were acorns. So that must have been a business meeting about buying property, but I remember that. 
you were talking about acorns. Um, but I grew up in this church, and um, I had always been taught from, a, from the day I was born that Jesus loves me. I remember praying the sinner's prayer every night in my bed just to be sure. Um, but I also went through a lot of things, um, people in my life telling me a lot of negativity. And I began to take that on in, uh, into how I viewed myself um, and how I would react to others around me. I was very um, harsh. I was very rude. I remember probably I was like 10 years old, and some of my friends sat me down on one side of a uh, picnic table. I was on the other side, and they said, when you're sarcastic, it hurts our feelings. I was like, whoa. Four on one, that did not feel good. Um, but that was just a reflection of the hurt that was in my heart, and it was pouring out. And I remember, uh, I grew up in church all this time, serving Jesus, um, but not knowing how he felt about me in the depths of my heart. And um, when uh, I was in youth group, it was like, I think I was 15 years old, and we were throwing a youth rally with different youth groups all around the area, and Miss Lorette was one of the leaders, and she said, uh, we need someone to lead worship, and you can sing, so we need you to do it. And I was like, mm. Nah. That was what my first response was, I'm not good enough, I'm not clean enough, I'm not uh, talented enough, I'm not brave enough, I'm not all of these things, I'm too dirty, I'm too gross. I shouldn't lead other people in worship. And um, I'm also a people pleaser. It was probably the Holy Spirit was pushing me, but so I said yes, we practiced forever the same three songs for like months because we were not good. And um, the day came and we were over in Lorette's office and we, all my friends got around me and prayed and I was sobbing because I didn't want to do it. Um, but I remember right over here, we had painted a cool, cool mural on the back wall, much like the one that's here today. And um, I remember putting my, which foot is it? I don't know my left and rights. My right foot on this step. And when, as soon as I put my foot on this step, I felt like the Lord spoke to my heart and said, stay so close to me that you hear my heart beat louder than yours. And I was like, it's probably the first time I ever heard the Holy Spirit speak to my heart. And I thought, okay, if I can do that, I can put one more foot up. And if I can do that, I can do another one. And if I just keep hearing his heart beat louder than mine, then I'll be okay. And I remember that I sang that worship set and it probably sounded bad. And, uh, I remember coming to the front and challenging all the students in the congregation, and the whole room was full in my memory. I don't really know. Um, and people responded to the Holy Spirit and the words that he was saying that came out of my mouth. And that was the first time I knew God loves me, and he could use me even if I'm not perfect. Um, but there have been lots of times in my life where I have not listened to his heartbeat louder than my own. I've listened to my own. And I've... Um, I've gone my own way. And this week, well, I've been reading in Isaiah, and Isaiah 58, um, that's a good, good thing, isn't it? That, that portion, it's all about true and false fasting. Um, but starting in verse 11, they're going to put it up there. It says, and the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall rise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, 
the restorer of streets to dwell in. If you turn your back, no, if you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it not going your own ways, or seeking your own pleasure, or talking idly, then you shall take delight in the Lord, and I will make you ride on the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Boom. And I just thought about, you know, it was not really willing obedience, but it was obedience to take those steps and to put my foot on that first step. And uh, sometimes, maybe today you were like me and you hoped there was a bunch of snow and you could sleep in. Um, But it says, man, pleasure yourself in the Sabbath of the Lord. Pleasure yourself in being obedient to withhold, to uphold what he's told you to do. And Then you shall take delight in the Lord, and he will make you ride on the heights of the earth. So that was just what I felt like uh, sharing this morning. I don't know if you have been in church your entire life. Some of you have been here since the beginning. Shout out to Jake. Um, and, uh, and you find yourself in a place where you need to just be obedient in the plotting and obedient in the making the Sabbath holy, and obedient in making sure that you're listening to the Lord's heartbeat louder than your own and what you want. The end. This has been my TED Talk. So basically you're saying, Corinne, that uh, sometimes you just got to take one step of faith and God will meet you. We just keep walking toward Mount Moriah and uh, the Lord will provide the lamb in the bush for us. So Lord provide. A couple of more testimonies. Nate, you wanted to share? Morning, church. Uh, Hopefully this won't sound like a broken record, but I got to be honest. How many of you have ever been afraid? I mean, literally terrified. Okay, I'm going to back up and segue back from that. Hold on to that thought. We've heard a lot of things this morning but this is going to help you in fulfilling all of these other things that you've heard. Do you understand, ladies and gentlemen, that you have a father and that he loves you? Forget about your earthly dad for a minute. You have a heavenly father that loves you. Regardless of what your dad has done or said or been, your earthly dad, mine was abusive, verbally and physically. And most of my life, I've been in that situation where there's rejection and laughter. Because you see, I'm not perfect. I have cerebral palsy. God's healing me, but I have cerebral palsy. Can you imagine what it was like as a teenager, finally realizing there's girls? Wow, I can actually have somebody that loves me. And the fear that that entailed in my life. Now, I'm going to bypass all that other history to give you something that's going to help you. I said originally that God loves you. The Word of God says that God the Father through Jesus built everything that we have. He built it to allow Adam and Eve to walk and live in a society perfect without fear, without any kind of rejection or loss 
with the God of the universe every single day to live with him, walk with him. And he said, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to care for you and I'm going to love you and you're going to have a wonderful life. But we chose wrong. God the Father has not left. And there was one day that I read a book by Jack Frost. Not the snowman, but Jack Frost. And it was called Experiencing the Father's Embrace. And that book began from the very start to share with people this God that we call Father. And I challenged God that day. I said, Lord, you, you've said in your word all this time of all these things that you're this and you're that and you would do this and you would do that, but I haven't ever seen it in my life. But I can tell you for the last, what, eight years now? I have a father and his name is God. And I want you to understand God reached down and took all that rejection, all that hurt, all that abuse, just like folks have spoken of, just like Suzanne spoke of, and he's removed every bit of it. I can tell you that for most of my life, I was afraid that I would die and go to hell. You say, well, wait a minute. You've been in church for, what, this church? I've been 25 years now, I believe. I've been at this church. How can you be afraid that you would die and go to hell? because I didn't have a relationship with my father. Oh, I knew Jesus. I knew the scriptures. But this is the point I'm trying to make. This relationship you're supposed to have with your father is an everyday thing. It's an intimate, personal, deep, real thing. He said, I sent my son to wipe away your sin. Now think of it. Jesus died once for everybody to wipe out all sin. So in other words, God says, the soul that sins, it'll die. God had to judge sin. So Jesus died. That's taken off the table. And then he cleanses us with that blood. So all this dirt that we had, we're washed clean. So that's off the table. Then he says, I want you to succeed. So I'm going to place in you the Holy Spirit of God at salvation. Very God of God in you. This idea of success or failure is now gone. And then he says, I have something else for you. Since you're in Christ, you're a new creation, totally new. The Nathan White that was is gone. The Nathan White in Christ Jesus is here. And he's adopted as my son. And as a son, and according to the word of God and the covenant of God, that means that Nathan, this new Nathan, has over here family. He has life, health, peace, joy. Does he have everything he wants? No. But he has everything that he needs. And because I have the Holy Spirit of God living in you, speaking in you, living in you, you will have good success. And you're going to have a father and a relationship that is every day. And I can tell you, I have heard the voice of God consistently in my life now for the last eight years. And there is peace here. The love of God that, has for you, that he has for you, I cannot say, I can't even put it into words, but I understand now. There is peace, there is no fear, there is no lack. Yeah, do we have everything that we need in my house? No, there's a lot of things that I could use. There's new cars, all sorts of things I could use. But I don't need those. 
Because the love of God says, guess what, Nathan? Even when you trip and stumble, God's love hasn't left yet. God's work in my life. Even, even the idea of God's love, it says that the goodness of God brings us to repentance. See, I used to think that God would beat you to make you behave. He would even make you sick and hurt you in order for you to behave and be this good Christian to live this way. But that's all a lie. That's a lie of the devil to tell you you cannot get to know God. I can challenge you and say for a fact, if you right now from your heart say, Father God, come into my life and be my Savior. I confess that Jesus is Lord and I believe that you raised him from the dead. That's salvation. But what else? God says, be still and know that I'm God. Guess what? I can say, Father, I don't understand what it is to be a son. I don't understand what it is to be a daughter. I don't understand what it is to walk in relationship with you. But show me. And because he gave us the Holy Spirit of God, God himself here, I don't have to listen to what's going on out here. I used to think God acted in circumstance. Yes, he acts. But see, God wants us to listen for that voice from his Holy Spirit that says, this is the way, walk this way. And he promised in Psalms 32.8, I, he said, will guide you and tell you which way to go with my eye on you. Do you understand the love of God? That he wants to walk with you on such a daily basis to say, look, yes, you gotta go to work, but go this way. Talk to these people because they need to know that I love them. That all this anger that they think I have and all this, this war against sin that I have is now gone. And all I want them to do is come home. So that light of God is made to shine from us to point the way home. Amen. You know the beautiful thing? Brenda, I'd like you to share. Maybe you felt on Wednesday like God had just kind of... Brenda's been quite sick for a long time. I was thinking, Nate, as you are sharing, the Bible says, Behold... What manner of love the Father has given to who? Unto us, that we should be called the children of God. That's the beautiful truth. We're called children of God, and it's the Father that has loved us. Brendan, maybe share. You were, you've been for a long time, you've been battling, and uh, maybe you want to just share. Um, sure. <laughs> like how we pulls it out of his hat and says, can you talk this morning? <laughs> uh, yeah, about this time last year, I was in transition between one job and another, and I was beginning to feel pain in my shoulder, and I thought it was bursitis. And then by January, I was hurting. I was hurting here to here on both arms, shoulders, hips to knees, and I was in pain. I was writhing in pain at night, couldn't sleep, I just like, mm -hmm, you know, I'm saying, a lot of pain. Um, when I finally got to a doctor that could, could diagnose what it was, it was polymyalgia rheumatica. Never heard of it. Didn't know what it was, but I was, all the symptoms lined up, that's what it was. And I was going to be on prednisone for a year, which I am at the, I'm not out of the woods yet. I'm at the edge where I can see the light, though. And um, there's residual pain somewhat here and there, but 
I walked in a two-hour parade yesterday. I couldn't have done that months ago. Um, my wrists, I can move without pain. Praise God. Raise my arms. I couldn't even do this. I couldn't, I just couldn't lift either arm. Um, but there were times too this year that, again, God, don't you hear me? Don't you see my pain? Don't you know I hurt? And just sobbing for him and saying, hear me. Hear my cry, oh God. But the one time I just remember really, really sobbing about pain and trying to get ready for work. And literally, literally, my husband would have to help me shower and raise my arms up so I could dry my hair. It was difficult. He was, he was helping me get dressed and everything else. It was, it was a tough year. But I never missed a day of work because of, work, of my pain. Again, God's grace. Those days when I went looking and like, <sighs> what, drug, what drug you in? But God's grace. But God's grace. Um, but the one time that I was crying, I just felt like he said, I'm here. I'm collecting all those tears. I know, and I will take care of you. And just believing that Jehovah Rapha, my healer, is real. And he is real. And just knowing that and sensing that and just, and then I was reading something the other day that just struck home with me. Um, it was, I said to my husband, a little paradigm shift in my mind on a story from the Bible where Jesus walks out to them on the, on the Sea of Galilee when they're in the boat, and they think he's a ghost. He says, it's in his eye. Fear not. You know? And Peter says, if it is you, call me to come. Command me to come. And he jumps out of the boat, and he walks to Jesus, who gives him the power, and then he sinks. But... I don't know whether the other disciples... We've always thought, what amazing faith that Peter had to get out of that boat. But the paradigm shift in this little devotional thing that I was reading was said, who had more faith? Peter was the one who questioned, if it is you. He needed proof. Sometimes he doesn't ask us to do the big thing. He never said, Peter, you need to get out of the boat. Peter wanted to get out of the boat. He wanted power that wasn't designated for him to have at that time. Um, sometimes he asks you to sit still in that boat and be quiet and know that I am God. Have courage. I'm bringing you through this. You're not going to sink. I gotcha. And it was like, yes. That's what he's done for me this year. He has kept me in that boat, kept me afloat, even through the times when I was terrified, and they were literally terrified in that boat. They went from fear to terror when they saw Jesus on the water. as a, They thought he was a ghost. So sometimes we can go through terrifying times in our lives, but Jesus says, I'm here. He wants our pre his presence to be what encourages us. Just his presence. Know that I am God. So... Praise God.
That's good preaching, Miss Brenda. It's good preaching. Now, I was just thinking, as you're sharing that, Brenda, how that, uh, boy, that's the value of good relationships in a marriage. Uh, some marriages, if you don't have a good relationship, the guy might say to the woman that's going through a hard time, dress yourself. That's the beauty. Thank you, Eric, for being faithful just to your spouse. And um, yeah, that's the beauty of just, of the two becoming one. But I think most of us probably that are married, we know that it's work to become one. Are there two more? Just something fresh in your heart. We have one more. I won't preach because my message is about 15 minutes long. 17 hands shot up. <laughs> Kenan, why don't you come then? Anybody else you just want to just share? God's done something in you. And um, as Ken comes, let me just ask, what did you hear then? What did you hear the Holy Spirit maybe speaking to you? A lot of different sermonettes. Lorette, what'd you hear? What did you hear? Any one truth that jumped out at you? What'd you hear? I heard that God is a faithful God and his hand is upon us and he cares for us. That God's faithful and his hand's upon us and he cares for us. God really loves his people, doesn't he? He really loves his people. Anybody else? What did you hear the Holy Spirit speak to you? It's just us. You don't have to be afraid. What did you hear the Holy Spirit speaking? Anybody else? Hold on, Jim. And why do you say that, Jim? Testimony. In this house of witnesses, testimony in my own life, how faithful God is. You know, not just in our best times, but the times when, you know, things are not okay. You know, God still got us. You know, uh, his faithful presence in, in my, my family, in my dear wife of 38 years and, and, and counting. No record, but God is faithful. Seeing God move in the, the life of my kids. You know, even when we don't think that we could make it. You know, and as a, as a young man, you know, just starting with my relationship with God and then going through great torment by the enemy and thinking of suicide and God is faithful. Hanging on to that promise that the blood of Christ cleanses from all unrighteousness. You know, and in our difficult times, difficult times, when my mom was passing in 2002, it was a real bittersweet time. And so I know I began to worship and praise. And God was right there. He didn't change the, the circumstances, but he changed me in the circumstances because God is faithful. We serve an awesome God who put this all together. And it wasn't even hard for him. Not even difficult at all. God is just awesome. His awesome greatness. How faithful God is. And seeing him work in the lives of my kids and 
They've gone overseas. I've never gone overseas, gone through Canada. That's about it. But now God has expanded the borders of our tent, of our influence through our kids because God is faithful. You know, sometimes we're in difficult times and, you know, uh, sometimes things are uncomfortable, but then out of that, you know, God can give us opportunities to touch someone else who has a need in their life. Someone you'd never met if everything was going along, you know, maybe status quo or what we think is is the best in our eyes. But, but God will put us in situations to speak to someone else's life because God is faithful. Thank God for his amazing grace. He's faithful. Thank you, Jim. It's been a nice morning. That wasn't planned that way. But as my brother said, the Holy Spirit has his own ways. I hope you got something. Nobody had a script, except for maybe the Holy Spirit had a script for you from some of the speakers, some of the thoughts. Here's a message for me. God is faithful. He's there when it's hard. He's there when it's great. He's there when you don't even believe that he's there. So, Father, we do acknowledge you in our hearts. We worship you. We worship you as a family together this morning. Thank you for being with us in this time. I think there's a little bit of weather outside. Keep us safe as we move through. Keep other cars safe from us and as they drive as well. And we ask you to bless all of the words shared this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen.